Hello, everyone. Chris here again with another episode of the Make It Podcast. And this week, we have a wonderful indie chat. Uh, that is we, as in me and my partner, Nick. And uh, we're coming off FilmCom. Great week. And we learned so much uh, about the pitch process and took away a lot of things that we can then uh, pass on to you, the listener, and to the filmmaking community out there making independent films. So I hope you enjoy this indie talk focused on how to pitch. Enjoy. You're listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps aspiring professionals in film get where they're going faster by dissecting the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives in the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It Podcast co-host, Nicholas Bugs. Hello, podcast people. Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast. And of course, it is an off Friday. So we are having one of our indie talks. And um, should I say off Friday? No, man. That's what I was thinking. I was like, man, we're on. We're we're (laughs) always, we are on this shit. We are on. No, this is an on Friday. (laughs) That's Um, right. What I really meant to say is it's an alternate Friday. We alternate now between indie talks that are super valuable and then our guests. And I, in a lot of ways, I just think that the indie talks, the, the way the numbers have played out, Nick, are just um, might uh, turn out to be more valuable, I guess. Um, no, nah, no, nah, I would based, say more valuable. Ba- ba- based, say based, on the, based on the data, but I think it's a different yeah. type of conversation, right? Like there you it's, go. It's actionable data and uh, we have a doozy for you today and and by the way i didn't introduce you as i normally would but with me today is is my friend and co-founder nicholas bugs nick say hello hello (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's just it's just not an indie talk unless i uh, unless i introduce you so nick tell everybody what we did last week and why it was important and um and then I will I will chime in on some thoughts on that. But but we did something pretty cool last week, didn't we? Oh, man, it was awesome. Uh, so for the folks that don't know, because many of you do, because uh, you were there with us, uh, we went to FilmCom uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, FilmCom was amazing. Uh, we got to give it to Andy uh, Von Roon for hooking, in, hooking us up, uh, putting that whole thing together, just making it. Uh, a great experience for all the film execs that came through. Uh, I think, you know, by numbers wise, what do we have? It was like 25, 30 uh, execs who came through. Uh, mm-hmm. We had sales agents, distributors, financiers. Uh, we had buyers there. We had lawyers. Uh, we had a lot of different folks come through to to support the event. And then I think we got anywhere between 75 and 100 filmmakers uh, who came through to uh, to learn from the execs, to ask, ask questions, to pitch their projects? Uh, it was it was just a great experience, a, a basically week long experience that then 
you know, flowed into a couple other comms and you're going to have to help me with those. But I know that they had script com, there was dome com. Um, I know that um, there was a women in film and television uh, had some events going on there as mm-hmm. well. I mean, it was it was a kind of a, a jam packed week of filmmaking fun. I kind of put it that way. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a great experience for us. And in our interactions with the other execs and the filmmakers, we just heard that they had a great experience as well. So, you know, hats go off to, to all the folks who volunteered uh, to pull that event off. And we surely look forward to doing this again next year. For sure. And, you know, for those who don't know, FilmCom is a week-long conference where writers and producers and anyone really that has a film project uh, is able to... Um, get into a room with all these executives and pitch their projects uh, in hopes of getting some interest, financing, uh, distribution, et cetera. And that's what we want to talk about and focus on today in this conversation. So um, having uh, witnessed all the pitches over a span of about eight hours, uh, Nick and I came away with some, some key points to improving your own pitch So if you have a film project and you're working on the pitch and you want to garner interest, uh, this will be the podcast for you. So, yeah. And I just want to jump in real quick and say that, you know, we did have a great opportunity to do a, you know, kind of pitch prep session uh, for the filmmakers. Uh, I think it was two days prior to their pitches. And we have some kind of general, you know, ideas of the things that people should consider as they go into a pitch. Uh, But this discussion is really around, you know, what we saw during those pitch sessions, you know, some key things that that kind of stood out for us that really made us say, you know what, we need to have a conversation about these specific things, Uh, because even though we have our own principles, right, our own ideas on how this should be done and how we want to be pitched. Uh, there were some very specific and actionable items that came out of those pitch sessions that I think we want to address. Yeah, for sure. And we'll start uh, with um, my first point, which is uh, lie by omission. And that might sound like uh, unethical. It might sound a little salacious, but it's 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 it comes with, with some good philosophy behind it. And here's what I mean by that. Um, we saw pitches where uh, in their, in their pitch, uh, they talked about the things that were wrong with their project. Things like not having the rights to a song, things like, you know, having a, a contract issue, things like, uh, you know, having to work out sound or fixed color and not having funds for this or that. And some of these things, I think, you know, they don't have to be said. So uh, people that are interested in your pitch will find those things out. And, you know, one way or the other, I suppose, um, and decide whether they want to stay on, but your job in the room is to sell them. Um, and if you don't want to uh, lie by omission, then I would say don't pitch um, if your project isn't clean or, or better yet, don't pitch a dirty project. If you don't have the rights, if there is work you need to do, if there you, you don't want to come into your pitch having to make an excuse for the thing you're pitching 
or say, um, this project's great except for, because the moment you do that, everyone, you know, everyone stops listening because it's too competitive. You know, people in those rooms, the, the buyers, financiers, executives, et cetera, distributors, sales agents, and they want a clean project. They want a go project that can, uh, that has legs so they can take, add a little jet fuel to it and then have it take off. But if you've got an albatross around your neck from a technical standpoint, production standpoint, contract standpoint, I just think that's a failing pitch. Nick, do you have any thoughts about that one? Yeah. And I'd say that, um, you know, I'll just echo something that you had actually mentioned to the filmmakers while we were there was that when you get into a room like that, uh, I think that all those executives, including us, we're rooting for you, right? Like for the most part, you walk in, you get a clean slate, like this could be the next project that we take. So if we're kind of starting with that mindset, let's say that's a, that's a hopeful and a positive mindset. Um, then the thing that you don't want to do is disqualify yourself, right? Because if we're starting with a high standard, then what we're looking for isn't necessarily the good. We might actually be looking for the things that disqualify you from our conversation, mm-hmm. right? So, so don't let us disqualify you. Don't let the other executives disqualify you by mentioning one of these things that really wasn't necessary for you to mention. If you're working on it, work on it on the outside, pitch the positives. You know, if you if you do come in with something like that, like you haven't gotten the rights to something or you, you know, you're in a dispute with an actor or a producer about something. OK, you, you just you just created a complication for me and I don't want complicated. Again, to your point, Chris, you know what we're looking for, what the other executives are looking for is something they can add something to um, that they can move forward with, not something that they have to work through or something that they already recognize a risk or a challenge with, uh, that's just going to hurt your pitch. So yeah, I, I agree. And, and I don't think it's, um, unethical to lie by omission, um, unless, you know, that thing that you're omitting, you're not actually working to resolve. Right. So I want to be clear. I don't want to be lied to. If you, if you have problems with your project, I'd actually prefer you not pitch. Uh, you're not ready to pitch, right? Obviously your project isn't ready. Yeah. But it does remind me of my advice I give to, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to mentor uh, younger men and women uh, fairly frequently these days. And um, I remember giving this advice a couple of months ago about uh, actually about infidelity, which is my, my advice is this. Uh, if you're thinking about cheating, don't. If you must do it for love. And if you do it for love, have the courage to see it through. So if you have problems with your project and you're thinking about pitching, don't. If you're going to pitch anyway, no matter what we say, lie by omission. (laughs) (laughs) And if you lie by omission, have the honor and passion to see it through and fix your problems. Yeah. And that's, that's a good way to look at it. And I think that that's the key. You, if you're going to do that, you gotta follow through, you gotta fix that stuff. Uh, because at some point, you know, we're going to find out, you know, the distributor is going to find out the financier is going to find out the sales agent is going to find out. And if they find out, then you, you might have just ruined your reputation. 
So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So again, I think to, to kind of put a bow on that one, it's just that, yeah, if you've got holes, then I do agree. Um, you know, don't pitch. I do know that for some, it's difficult to know that they have the holes, right? That's sometimes how, where we come into projects as advisory producers, you know, people will bring this stuff to us so we can identify those things so they don't get themselves in a situation or we can consult with them and say, Hey, look, I know this is a challenge, but you're working through it. So parking lot that, you know, don't talk about it. And this is what you need to do going forward. So again, that's where we, we kind of help some folks out. Um, so it can be a challenge to figure out if you, if you have holes, uh, but yeah, don't, don't bring those up and disqualify yourself. That's not going to help your case. Exactly. So point number two, Moving along. So point number one, well-made, well-spoken by you, Nick. Thank you for, for those comments. Point number two is actually, to me, it's actually easier to say than to do uh, because you, you don't necessarily know who you're talking to, but you do have to try to focus on it and have a good sense of, can you actually, like, like do most people uh, fall into a, a certain category of knowledge, right? And so what I so, so I'll I'll stop being shrouded in my in my language here. Number two is you say. number two is teach us something new. Teach us something new. So when you pitch, the best pitches actually take the audience by surprise. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Now the, the information that you bring could be about a particular person, which we saw that in a, several pitches like, oh, we didn't know this person did that. Things that were based on a true story. Um, those always went well. Um, there was there was one about about uh, a secret that uh, a woman had in a small town uh, a long time ago. And um, there were other issues with that pitch and project. Now that I think about it, but I remember it. That's the key because you taught me something new. I remember it. I remember you like, I, oh shit, they just taught me something. It was a true story. Sometimes what you teach can be even on the technical side. Um, one of the pitches we saw uh, was from uh, Katie uh, Amon and um, she let the room know that she filmed a movie on her iPhone and immediately. So everyone was satisfied with what she had done. And then she hit us over the head with one more piece of information, similar to like Steve jobs at a keynote where you think it's over and he's like, Oh, and one more thing. Um, so immediately the room had questions. What lens did you use? How long was the shoot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a winning pitch. Because she came in, had a great project, and then on top of everything else, taught us something we didn't know. Um, So if your project is one of these projects where you're like, okay, um, investors will love this because it has this person and it's about this thing that's really trendy right now, that might work. But even more important is tell us what about that thing that we didn't know before you walked in. And you, at the very least, at the very minimum, will be remembered. Yeah, and I, I agree with that one. Um, I'll say I had the same perspective on some of those pitches that we heard. 
Uh, but I'll, I'll kind of um, append to that and say that in addition to teaching us something new, you could also just introduce a new concept, right? So we might That's not another be, way to do it exactly, right? So we might not be learning something, but now a new concept says, "Oh, I, I never considered a situation like that." Right. Or I never considered putting those two things together. I never considered what a world like that would look like. And these things where you're saying teach something new or introduce a new concept, basically what those become are differentiators. So you can have, like you mentioned, you know, this, uh, let's say a TV star, film star, YouTube star in your film. Uh, but they might be in other people's films as well or other people's TV shows as well. So that is uh, a bonus if you have the talent attached, but it isn't a differentiator, right? So what can make you unique is yeah, teaching us something new and you know providing a story around that uh, or it's introducing new concepts that you're just it, it makes you ask questions. Yeah, right. And I think yeah. that's what you, you were saying earlier. But, yeah, we, we did see one of the pitches where the engagement came from the executives seeing themselves in this world and then imagining themselves in the world and asking questions about what the world could do. Yeah. So the one I'm thinking about is is the one that was cut the combination of ex machina and uh, her and yes. this, this idea that like. That was teaching me something new, like, okay, um, what would be the implications of a, a AI with agency that that had the power to trap you? Right. So in Ex Machina, we saw a character who had sort of the power to have its own agency and escape into the world and blend in. In her, you know, we had. Uh, an AI that had the ability to um, to cure a lonely heart. But in this scenario, it has the power to impede your liberty and your movement. And I thought, okay, now that's interesting in itself. And it's like other movies, but with a new twist, a new angle. So yeah, teach me something new uh, and, and you can do that in so many ways. It could be how you shot it. It could be the world you create, or it could be facts about the about the characters, the movie itself, or about yourself even. Yeah, but, for but, sure. But but bring it. Um, yep. Number three. <laughs> uh, this is a shocker, actually, to me. I shouldn't have to say this one, but half. I would say half. Fifty percent of the pitches were this way. And number three is have a plan, bring your materials. Um, it was it was shocking to me how many of the pitches, either by intent or by design, like they either or by design, accident designed it that way, or they, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I don't want to say intent, but like in like by design or by. Ignorance, so not by accident, but maybe ignorance uh, of of what would work. Actually, winged it. Like these people were winging. It felt like they were winging their pitch. Like what you you have us all in the room and you're winging it. Like like there's no actual structure to your to your your talk track. Like there isn't a beginning, middle, and end. Um, 
it's willy nilly. Like it doesn't matter at what point you play your video or pass out your scripts. Like just for me as someone who's done probably 500 plus presentations, uh, I, I, I would be, I would be so nervous to pitch in that way. Well, let me, let me add that to that is that that's what we saw, right? So the folks that had not practiced, that did not have a beginning, middle and end, uh, were the most nervous, you know? That's and so true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think to a degree we appreciate it. We, we respect it, you know, yeah. because this can be nerve wracking. Yeah. yeah. So this can be nerve wracking, uh, but we don't want to get caught up in your nerves. Like that's not what we're there to do. Right. We're, we're there to, to listen to the pitch. So if we're caught up in your nerves or to your point about, you got to know, if you're going to do intro your sizzle, you're going to start with your sizzle. Like it has to, you're telling a story. If you have five minutes, 15 minutes or 30 minutes, you're telling a story about your product. Exactly. And yeah. If you haven't prepared your story, I don't know what I'm following. It's the plus, same thing. Plus with the, the people in the room, Nick, we're story people. You're right. <laughs> we're like, we're like the people who want to hear a story. Yeah. And everything is about your brand and everything is about your story. And like, think about like down to how you dress. Like, are you dressed on brand? What is your ask? We had people that came in that were asking for $3 million and were dressed like $3. Right. And yeah. had, and I don't mean just like the quality of their clothes. I mean, the design decisions, facial hair, grooming, haircut, uh, posture, everything about who they were presenting to everybody. And then you, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, like that, that's part of your plan too. I mean, like it can't be like, you have to know, okay, after I say this, I pass out the screenplays for effect. And after I say this, this is when I click play on my sizzle or yep. my short or my trailer. And then after that plays, then I do the next, well, I'm not going to give it away, but you do next. Cause that's one of the bullets, but, <laughs> but, but you, do you see what I'm saying, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. And that, and you know, again, with the being prepared, uh, yeah, we did have a, a couple of folks that, you know, did intend, you know, to hand things out, uh, but did not have enough handouts for the people in the room. Unbelievable. Right. And I'm, yeah, and look, and look, we're pro filmmaker. Like I'm not beating anybody up by saying this, but like, how do I feel if you make it around to my side of the table and you don't have any business cards or scripts for us because you didn't think that many people would come? Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it gets back to you talk about first principles. Right. And and the thing that I've, I always say and you, you brought it up to the filmmakers there, it's like how you do <laughs> one thing. Right. Is how you do everything. And if you're not coming prepared then how can I trust that you've crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's when it comes to your project? You know, yeah, exactly. how, how am I supposed to be the one who gives you money when you didn't come prepared to that meeting? You know, you didn't bring the simple thing. You didn't bring your business cards, you know, for me to be able to contact you, you know, as an executive, I'm not just going to necessarily just hand out my card necessarily uh, unless I want you to contact me. But if you don't give me your card, I don't have the option of contacting you. Like there's there's nothing there. So so yeah, I think that's that was a big challenge we saw for some folks where yeah, you just they just weren't prepared 
with the story and with the artifacts to support it. So exactly. Yeah. And this, was, this is the part of the podcast where I talk about my background in music. And, uh, <laughs> I got to do that once a, once a show. Um, yeah. and it reminds me of, of when, when we'd go to showcases and I would talk to the members of my own group and others. It's like, we're not just competing against the 100 acts that are here. Like that's the mistake. You're competing against the 100 acts that are here plus everybody else that's already signed, right? So when you come into a pitch room, you're not just pitching. Like imagine going to a pitch room where you're pitching against 30 other filmmakers and you're in the bottom 15 in just that room. Well, how are you going to compete with Scorsese or Darren Aronofsky? Because that's who that's who you got to replace or that's how, who you have to compete against if you want your movie f- made. Or even like independent filmmakers, like the, like the Duplass brothers, like like you have to like like you're competing against every, everyone. So like, bring that sort of competitive passion to your pitch. Yep. Um, okay. Number four. Moving forward, this is a you, you mentioned it a moment ago. First principles, and this is a really simple one. Audio beats text. Video beats audio, and it's. I say it's a first principle because it's a marketing first principle. So for example, if you have no money for your marketing and branding plan, then you have to build a, a, a plan via text. So, you know, what does that mean? Well, you, you write a bunch of PDFs and then you have those PDFs pop up and on your website. And then you have people download your PDF as a freebie. And then all they have to do is exchange their email for the PDF. And the PDF has great information, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Well, what's better than that? Well, what's better than that is audio, right? So now you've recorded your audio book and you give your audio book away for free. Well, what's better than that? Well, fuck, a movie is better than that, right? Like a video that explains what you do and people can see your face and relate to you and you're a person. Well, the same thing is true in pitch rooms. So it's very, very easy for people to remember who you are and what you're showing if you had a video to play. And so to me, when I look at trying to be competitive and win the room, if one person out of everyone that pitched had a video, then that means I have to have a video, right? Like I can't not have a video. And I found that it was it was actually pretty effective even when the video was just a quick edit that worked like a lookbook. Um, so no original content, just a concept video put together because it changed the energy in the room, right? You've been talking to us, maybe you've opened a PowerPoint or a keynote presentation and suddenly, you know, we start to sort of lull a little bit, right? Cause you can only listen to somebody talk for so long. Um, depending on how compelling they are, of course, if they're telling a yep. story, you're, you're, you're on the edge of your seat, yep. but then you switch and give them a little video and now you've really brought your point home. And it, it, look, and, and I'll be the first to say, a video can be the kiss of death for your pitch too. Because if you play me a video and I was really enthralled with you before then, and then I see your actual execution on the screen, that might kill it for you, right? Yeah, but, that, but that's the thing that's going to come think out. That's a, but I think that's a risk well. you have to take, yeah. Yeah, and it's going to come out as well, you know, the quality of your work. So if you win the, the day on the story, of a finished product, then the next thing is they're going to ask to see it. And, you know, if your execution wasn't great, 
then they'll figure that out. The one thing that I, I'm kind of curious about, Chris, though, is that, you know, you mentioned like the idea of having that lookbook type sizzle reel. And, I, you know, again, if you're a great storyteller, I think that there's a good way for that to fit into your story. And what I mean is if you're a good storyteller during your pitch, there's a really good way that that can fit in to, to give the folks a good idea of the, the mood right of your film. Mm -hmm. But I do find that it's not as effective um, if you're not using it in that way, because it's not your work. Right. So it's like, what am I looking at here? Oh, oh, I absolutely agree. Let me clarify. I mean, versus showing nothing. Oh yeah. hundred percent. But if you show the sizzle that doesn't include your work, then you, in my opinion, it needs to be, this is the mood. This is the style Mm-hmm. in which my story will be right. I mean, you have to hone in on that. Like it, if you just create, you know, a fanciful, I don't know, PowerPoint or video presentation that you now overlay your story on top of, I don't know that that's that effective because I'm not seeing your work, right? Mm-hmm. I'd rather you talk to me about that and get me excited in the talk track and then use that sizzle video so, like I said, talk to me, show me about the mood. What is it going to look like? And then I can marry those two, two things together. But for me, anyone who showed a sizzle that wasn't their work, it, it took me away from their stuff. I was like, I, I was more distracted. Like, this isn't your stuff. You know, I don't know why I'm following along with this. So, uh, but I do agree that by breaking your, your pitch up with some video, definitely does bring another dimension um, to your storytelling. Yeah. And it's amazing how the quality of anything makes the difference. Like the difference in one thing being effective and the other one not really comes down to how good was that content. Um, We'll agree to disagree on one point there, which is, you know, I I think that I would rather see something than nothing. Um, Um. uh, sure. But that gets back, but that gets back to your point, right? You'd rather see, you'd rather see no video than a bad one, right? Um, I, I I suppose so, but but I'm but I'm, but to your point, it's like at some point I'm going to see your execution if I'm interested, and then realize it's bad. But maybe that comes back to live omission and just don't show it. So yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'd rather <laughs> see I'd rather see no video than a bad video. But assuming you have a video that that is the mood of your film, um, make sure it really hits the mood of your film. Like, make sure that when you show the video that, uh, you know, be objective about your own work, I guess is what I'm saying. So show the video, assuming that your video and your work uh, has merit. And if you're not going to use your own content, like, I don't think that not showing your own content takes me out of it because the pitch from um, that I talked about earlier uh, with the AI, um, that, um, that had a lookbook video attached to it. That was awesome. And none yeah, of it and was my, original content, but, uh, but, yeah, but the reason it worked is because the, it's because the music and the, yes, the mood. Exactly. Yeah. That's literally what that was about. Like it showed me the mood of what we were, we were going to see here. And by being very specific about why you're showing it, it helps with the storytelling is my point. 
Right. But if you now layer all of your stuff on top of it, as if it's like your film, but with other footage, it doesn't quite work the same. And I'd also say this, and we can kind of, kind of chat about this one, about the length of those, um, you know, some, when they, when they go on for like two to three minutes, for me, sometimes it's a little long because yeah, I don't need yeah. that much to understand the mood. I might need 30 seconds, you know, to really understand what it is you're trying to do. So even that one, like you said about the AI, uh, I think it was a, a little like one a minute, 30, or maybe even two minutes, but within that thir- first 30 seconds, I got it, but I will yeah. say there were some videos that were six or seven minutes long and I thought, okay, now you're hurting yourself, but, yeah, but, yeah, I, but, but, I, but I'll, I still I'll would have rather seen quality. it than not seen it, you know? Yeah. But I'll go back to the one that we're talking about that the quality of the music in there, like, it was compelling. Like that, that's what kind of got us. It was like the, the, the music, music and the edit. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. it was very, very good. So again, it's, it's a quality thing. Um, I'll get back to, you know, your and, and to be fair, that, that individual was an editor. And so, <laughs> yeah, again, like not one of the points we're going to bring up today, but use your tools. You know? Yeah. 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 But, I'll, but I'll get back to what you're saying. And, and I will agree that, you know, if you have video to show, uh, that's a that's a bonus to me. If you're showing your work, that's even better because it gives me an idea of the quality of your work. Now, you know, to your point, if the quality is is let's say subpar, I honestly would rather see that up front. <laughs> you know, personally, I'd rather be able to disqualify or qualify you right then and there. Me, me too. But I'm speaking from the perspective of the picture. Right. Oh, I know you are. <laughs> yeah. So, so for so, me, like I said, I don't want to be lied to. I want to know everything up front. Yeah. But if I want to win in a pitch competition, um, I have to I have to look at it from a different lens. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. So again, uh, if you've got the video to show, show it. Uh, if you're gonna do a sizzle, um, in my opinion, then do a sizzle that is very specific to the the mood uh, or like a lookbook. And if you do that, it doesn't need to be two, three, six minutes long. It can be 30 seconds long to give us an idea of the look and feel of the film. Um, And I think it's a nice addition to the overall pitch. Yeah, I agree. And it reminds me of of the world I've spent in uh, or the time I've spent in the world of consulting. And um, there's a rule which is which is make the client ask. Right. So a lot of times, um, you know, the, the, the instinct is to promise a lot on the front end without the client having have, have never asked for anything. Like they haven't asked you to make all these concessions you're making, but, but you're so nervous that you're not going to get the work that you make all the concessions for them on the front end. And when the thing to do is, is to present, you know, your base and then make them ask for more time or a special report or a discount or whatever. So again, to me, if you're in that pitch room, make the executives ask if, if, if they want to see your work on, on video, cause you put together a lookbook video and they're really interested. Trust me, they will ask you, where can I see some of your work? Right. So there, boom. Okay. Got it. You can see some of my work here and then have that, those materials ready. Yeah, I would say, I mean, definitely. I think that that other one, you know, have it ready, uh, gets back to, 
you know, what we said earlier about the, you know, having a plan and having your business cards and all that stuff at the ready. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be that ask part. Uh, yeah. I think there's, there's another part that we've got on the ask, but on that ask part from the executives, you know, like it's only, our job, Nick, like it's the executive's job to ask the important questions, but we're only going to do that you if know. we're interested. Exactly. You know, that's the key. So I wouldn't say make them ask, but it's like get them to ask. Um, because again, you're, you're painting a picture, you're telling a story that is compelling and, yeah, if your story is that exactly. good, they will ask. They'll be like, well, what yeah. what about this? Or were you thinking about this? Or how about that? Honestly, the the pitches that I think were the best and most well received were the ones where the executives were asking a lot of questions, uh, not just about the filmmaker. I think that some of those were in there, but about the world that the filmmaker was trying to create through their story. Like if if you're hearing a lot of questions, don't think that's a bad thing. Right. Yeah, that means yeah. you're getting engagement. Yeah. And if they're engaging, you're winning. Right. That's the best so thing, exactly. Yeah. So just so on the be prepared part, is it be prepared to answer those questions? Um, and some of them, you're not as in you're not you don't know what they're going to ask. But when they ask it, have an answer. Right. So if they ask you, oh, is, is there going to be a tornado? You would say, oh, yeah, we had played with the idea of different natural disasters that could play in here. And a tornado was one of those ideas. It's a non-committal answer. You didn't say yes, there's going to be a tornado, but you did say that you considered that, right? And that's where you're kind of playing back with that engagement. Um, you just be prepared to to answer. Don't say, "Well, I don't know." Exactly. Yeah. That's that's, that's, that's not bad. okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you're that's, right. Yeah, that's not okay. And and so yeah, and, and I might have got lost in translation there. So the way I'm kind of the connotation I'm using make them ask you questions is. Be so damn compelling that they have to ask you questions. <laughs> so yep, you're right. making them because it's like we can't help but to ask you questions. It's, this is too good. Okay. Next one. And if, for those counting at home, this is this is number five. And uh, this one um, is just really adding one more layer on top of what you already have. And then the, and then the other part of this is just strictly energy and, and, and the work you've put into it, like you owe yourself this. So, so the point here is have a POV and combine that with passion. All right. Again, so, so one of these what things is your that POV? I, what so is your POV? POV is point of view. <laughs> and um, with POV, it, it, it means that you didn't just make a movie about a thing you're taking your thematic premise and and using it to say to the people you're pitching to, this is what I believe in. This is how other people should think about this. This is the problem with this. We should change this today because of what we learned about this in the past. Have a point of view. I think a lot of times we get afraid to say that we're uh, lesbian to say that we're um, democratic, republican, libertarian to say that we you know believe in 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 this that, or that no 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 we want that that's what you might disqualify yourself with a group in the room 
but you're going to catch somebody with your POV. And, and if your POV is disgusting, maybe it might be good to get rejected by everybody. Um, so you realize that you have kind of a, a POV that's too far left of center for it to be palatable for audiences. But I think that if you have a project that you love, first and foremost, be passionate about it. I was shocked to see uh, several people who pitched that didn't seem to be passionate about their own work and didn't seem to know very much about their own work. Um, Back to your point of don't say I don't know. And then you combine that with, okay, this is a film. Great. Like, perfect. What are you trying to say? Like, what is the point? Like, what are, what are, what are you aiming to get across to the greater public? Because I think what people forget is, is having a film or an episodic show is kind of like being able to, uh, uh, give a presidential address, a state of the union address to the country. Like you don't, you're not just giving your POV to 30 people. Like you're giving your POV at scale. That's what a movie is. That's what a TV show is. It's your point of view at scale. People yeah, can tell you what's the POV yeah. of Breaking Bad. What's the True. POV of Mad Men? What's the POV? Like people know what that is. They like, what's the POV of Black Mirror? Like people understand it. Like, what are they trying to say? It's not about what the detail of the show is. What's the overall macro shit trying to tell you? And that's what you have to have to have a winning pitch. Yeah. And I think this is where, you know, when we deal with filmmakers directly as advisory producers, especially when we're talking about what is the brand, right? That's what you're getting at right now is that what is the brand of your product? Uh, You know, the first thing is the story, you know, like what is the, you know, the premise of your story and, and who you know, it's about, uh, but then the next part is, you know, what we talk about is the purpose, right? And when you get into the purpose, it's kind of like, you know, you talk about why this story, why now? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's the part you're talking about. You know, your point of view is, yeah, why, why do I, why this story? Why, why did you write this? You know, what are the themes that you're, uh, that you're addressing, you know, what is the thesis behind this? You know, what is, what are, what do your characters have to discover about themselves throughout this story? Uh, that is a reflection of what society should be looking at or is looking at in themselves as well. This is the, the empathy part of things, right? I'm really, you're connecting with something. Uh, so, so yeah, we talked about, you know, in one of the pitches or some of the pitches that were about real stories you know, if you tell me facts, okay, great. A person did a thing. Okay. That, that's, that's nice. It's, and it's cool. I learned something new that they did a thing, but why is that thing compelling for 90 minutes or for 90 million people at scale? Right. Because I, I need more than the thing was done because if I want to know that the thing was done, you could just tell me that in two seconds, right? Or I could read it on a Wikipedia page. But that's not what this is about. This is about taking the audience from a place to another place and a place of discovery, you know? So it's a place of discovery because they've, they've learned all of these things over the course of these, this 90 minutes or so, or they've learned something uh, about themselves. They've been able to reflect on something. 
uh, through your story. So yeah, that point of view that you're talking about is definitely your perspective and the themes that are going to carry the film and connect with, like you said, 90 million people. So you got to have that ready. And then, of course, I got to piggyback on the passionate thing. You know, one of the things that we always say is that, you know, your passion for the film is not going to win. Right. You can't ride on your passion, but that passion will help to create engagement in your story, in your point of view, in your cast and your, you know, what you expect to do theatrically, you know, production wise and all that, like that will help the whole thing. You know, it's kind of like the the single thread that ties everything together is your passion for the story. And what that passion, in my view, is it's investment in your point of view. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what that is. If you're showing passion for your project, it isn't just that you have a passion for making a film. It's not it's not really about that. The film is the the conduit. It's the means for bringing your perspective to 90 million people. So if you're if you have that point of view, right, which you need to, you need to articulate that very well, then your passion needs to be about that point of view and how this film and how the engagement from the executives in the room are going to help you bring that to your audience. Yeah, exactly. And we didn't say this uh, to anyone, but I, I actually heard other executives say this, which is they had run into so many filmmakers that said, hey, I just want to make a movie. Not good. Um, no, not at all. No, because the the other side of passion is energy. Like what, pa- like the the product of passion is energy, and uh, and when you combine energy with know how and execution, what an investor sees is someone who's going to figure it out. Like like, I may not even think your project is put together, but I know I can trust you to fix it because of your energy and your know how and your execution. So. Uh, it feels like uh, time has just flown by here, Nick. This has been a fun conversation. We're down to our very last bullet point oh, yeah, here on, on, on improving your pitches. I hope it's been really valuable for everyone listening. And um, some of it's been a little tough love because um, uh, we do love filmmakers and we love independent films specifically. Uh, and I hope some of it's been just practical stuff, stuff you may already be doing, but need to recognize that we recognize it. Right. And you double down on that. So, I saved this one for last because I think it's the most important one. Um, You have to have a call to action in your pitch. Your pitch needs to end with what you want from the room, the people in the room. And again, dumbfounded, taken aback, however you want to say it, by the number of individuals that pitched a project that they had worked so hard on, even those that had wonderful pitches and then didn't have an ask. What do you, what do you make of that, Nick? (laughs) It it was the same for me and many of the people in the room where it was, you're kind of shocked because even though you could infer what a person might need, uh, you're not getting the specificity Right. So someone comes in and they have a script. Right. Then you could infer that they're looking for financing to make their project. Uh, But 
so many didn't even mention the amount. Well, one, they didn't they didn't mention that they were looking for financing. They just pitched the script. Uh, and then they didn't say, of course, if they didn't mention the financing, they didn't say how much. They didn't say, you know, we'd like to film this in this period of time. So we're looking for investment by this time. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't say that they had actually started seeking investment and had X percentage of the budget already secured. Like like none of that from some of the filmmakers. Even the same thing with distribution. You know, they didn't say we are seeking distribution for this film. Uh, we would like to go to this place, this place and this place because you know, we've done our research and we believe that these are the most appropriate. You know, the executives can always say, hey, no, we think it's something like this. Uh, but just just being prepared with that call to action that, hey, yeah, this is why we are here, because we want this from you. You know, there was actually one person who came in and, you know, the script hadn't been written. And he was, you know, kind of straightforward and saying that, hey, I'm just looking for someone to to co-write with me to get it to the point where I can then come pitch you folks again. Yeah. And even though it's not ready you know, maybe those people in the room knew some really good writers. They connect and, and, and this I'm totally, with. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> yes, because you had a, a specific ask. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, and I think that you know, again, if the filmmaker, if the executives are interested, then they'll want to follow up with you when you've completed that thing. Right. You know, that I, you had a I call think, to action for. Yeah, and I think in the case of that, I'm fine with that. Like, know yeah. what know what room you're in, though. Yeah. Right. So know you're not going to get that from that room um, easily at least. Uh, and in that forum, especially before people know if you can write yourself. Yep. Right. And, and what the seriousness of the project is. Cause every time you make a request of some other creative, you put your brand on the line, you put your credibility on the line. So, so for people to connect you, they have to believe in you first. And that's a trust game. Just like all businesses, you know, film is a business. And business is about trust and it's about speed of trust. And, you know, you're not going to trust somebody when you just meet them. That's just, <laughs> that's just all, this is all there is to it. Yeah. Unless you just blow their, blow them away. And then what they end up trusting is your execution, not even necessarily you, but, right. but yeah, I, 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 I think you got to ask the more specific your ask is great. And your ask doesn't have to be ass. It sounds like I said ass. Your ask. Your ass doesn't have to be great. <laughs> your ass doesn't have to be great. Who said who said it has to be great? <laughs> no, your your ask. I should I should say it like R. Kelly. Axe. Axe and then you're right. Your axe. Wait, 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 wait. You shouldn't do anything like R. Kelly. So that's true. That's, that's, that's true. Rewind. That's true. We did. We mentioned. We mentioned how good your ass is or isn't, and R. Kelly in the same like yeah, two sentences. Yeah. You, got, you, seem, gotta, you gotta fix that one in the editing room, they bro. Seem, no, that's this audio veritas. It's staying in. Like that's a keeper. Audio veritas. So so yeah. Just the more specific it is, the better too. And it doesn't have to just be money. Just know what you're going to ask for, and then to me, it it needs to be at the end, at the at the very end once everybody can consume and sort of absorb what you want. So let's recall these um, one by one. So number one, don't pitch a dirty project. If your project isn't ready, don't pitch it. If you must pitch it anyway, because you just want to do it, then lie by omission. 
uh, about things that are wrong with it. Make them ask and be you, prepared to fix them. And be pre- yes, and be prepared yep. to fix them. Number two, teach us something new. Come into the pitch with a with a concept, an idea, a world, anything. Uh, you know, something technical, something craft wise. Just tell us something that we leave will remember you by because you gave us a new fact, or new fodder, or a new cannon we can walk out with and say, okay, that I learned this today, and we'll remember yep, or, you. Yep, or introduce us to a new concept, a new world that we can now imagine ourselves in that makes us ask questions about our potential experience in that world. In our whole life. Just question our whole life based, <laughs> based on this new <laughs> world you put us in. Uh, those, are, those are the best. Um, third, seems really straightforward. People don't do it. Sometimes. Have a plan. Bring your materials. I like what you said, Nick. Bring triple what you think you need. Be overprepared for yep. your, your pitch. Um, when you're going in, your pitch should be a story. Beginning, middle, and end with a thesis or some thematic premise, right? Um, number four, the next one was uh, first principles. Audio beats text, video beats audio. If you can show a video and the video's good, even if it's a mood or a lookbook kind of thing, you should show it. Uh, it breaks up the monotony of the pitch. It gives them an opportunity to see your execution in real time, or it gives them an opportunity to get deeper into the world you've created for them, um, a la what uh, you just said about creating that world, Nick. So, yeah, and I'll just add to that just to say that, you know, be mindful of how much time you have for your pitch. Uh, because that will help you to be mindful about how long your video is. If you're showing something that has to do with mood that you're looking at using as a lookbook, then, in, you know, to me, the shorter, the better, as in, you know, don't go to a minute. I think 30 seconds is probably long enough to get that. Uh, if you're showing your work, you might want to go a little bit longer. It gives an idea of your execution. Uh, but be mindful about the length of that with respect to the length of your pitch. Completely agree. Uh, next, have a POV and combine that with your passion for the project. Again, passion should come in droves if you've been working on this thing and it should come as a no brainer. Um, you got to fight your introvert, you know, your introvert itself. You got to fight the desire and the, and the pressure to be introverted in the room, right? Like you might be passionate about your project, but understand what your nonverbals are doing. Understand what your voice is doing, your energy level. Are you looking at your feet? Did you come ready? Are you passionate as you're pitching? Cause that, that's going to play in the room. And then most importantly, have a POV, have a point of view about the world not just the world you created in your project, but how it applies to the world we're all living in. Yep, and be passionate about that point of view. Um, passion about filmmaking is great, uh, but really what you're doing is you're selling your story, uh, which is the the capsule for your point of view. So if you're passionate about that theme, you're passionate about that thesis, then you can get that engagement from the people in the room, you can help them empathize with your story, then that is the key. So yeah, bring your passion about the project as a whole, of course, but be really passionate about that point of view. Absolutely. Um, and, and I love that, that addition to it, the passion, being passionate about your POV. And uh, last but certainly not least, have a call to action at the end of your pitch. When your pitch is all said and done, have a specific ask of the group. 
make sure they know what you want so they can contemplate how they can help you. Um, not knowing how we can help you at the end of the pitch wastes your time and our time. So do not do it. Yep. Call to action. Very, very important. And uh, like you said, it gives specificity to why you came to that room in the first place. That's right. Do not come to the pitch without a call to action. And that's it. I hope this was valuable for everyone. I hope that you uh, got a lot out of it, of course. And go out there, build your pitch packet, build your prospectus, build your talk tracks with these key items in mind. And if you hit these six points, you will win the room every time. I'm going to go ahead and go out there, put it on a limb and say, every time, if you hit these six points correctly, you know, everyone's going to be interested in your project. And the, literally the question will be, can they help you or can they not? Because sometimes you're just not positioned to help a filmmaker, but everybody's going to be interested. And um, Nick, thank you for uh, joining me again on another one of these conversations and uh, trying to bring a little bit of value um, to the filmmaking community, independent filmmaking community specifically. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, we gotta, you know, kind of cap this off with a big shout out to, you know, a filmmaking friend and a huge supporter advocate. Um, I about to say, I feel like she's everything, uh, to film com, uh, you know, Priscilla Wise, you know, she, Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, man. She definitely helped not, not just put this thing together, uh, but really help us and the other execs uh, feel very welcomed. Um, and it was, man, it was crazy just how seamless everything seemed uh, from one interaction to the next, whether it was to pitch prep, to, you know, cocktails, to the panels, to the pitch sessions, you know, to lunches and back, you know, it, it just moved very well. It was one of those events where, you know, everyone wants to come back. And, you know, I will say that, you know, there were suggestions for improvement. And what was great about that was the executives were talking about what they want to see for next year. Mm -hmm. Right. Like they were like, this thing was so great. If we add this, it'll just make it better. So when we come back, right, that's the key. When we come back next year, and I'll have to say again, just big shout out to Priscilla for, for working with the team there and the other volunteers at Filmcom uh, for making it happen and for just making it an all-around great experience for everyone who came. I was very impressed with Priscilla. All week, I was just knowing what it takes to, to, to do this. Uh, having done this for, um, you know, Carl Dean, uh, the former mayor, Megan Barry, and um, uh, just a ton of other politicians and, and um, business owners, Zach Liff and all these people. Like, I know what it takes to put on fundraisers, um, the W.O. Smith School of Music and big brothers and big sisters and thistle farm, like all these presentations I've put together, like, like I know that it's like herding cats and she just did it uh, so effortlessly. And she's assertive. Uh, I thought that was great. She has fun without losing her professionalism. And that's a hard rope 
to to uh, walk. And I just left even more impressed with her than I already was. So yes, thank you, Priscilla. Um, thank you, Andy. And uh, we can't wait to do it again next year. So with that, Nick, I bid you adieu. We are having this conversation in what me and Sandrine uh, coined the sexy hour. <laughs> and uh, Sandrine Matthews, our, our guest from a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and so as the sexy hour uh, is upon us, uh, I will let you go and hope that you have some sexy time in front of you. Well, thank you very much. And I'll just say to all the filmmakers out there, <laughs> don't forget, be better, be creative and be engaged. Oh, damn. <laughs> I vibrated my clothes off. <laughs> That's how we do it in the sexy hour. In the sexy hour. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Nick. My pleasure, dude. Thank you. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Yeah, man. You take it easy. All right. Peace. Bye. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information on this week's creative, including links to their projects and social media feeds, please visit our website at www.bonsai.film forward slash make it. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative. If you do that, the show will pop right up. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step toward your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on show me how to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.